Ladies and gentlemen, you know what that sound means. It means it's episode 160 of the Personal Arrogance Podcast brought to you by the Bald Move Network. I am one of your hosts. My name is Eric Walquist, and uh, Jesse is currently being sunburned in Hawaii. He is probably fat on poi and uh, Hawaiian beer, but he will be returning tomorrow. And in his stead, uh, we decided to kick it up a notch. Uh, in fact, uh, this guy's been a co-host on the podcast before, but never with me. We decided to really bring the thunder this time. You know him. You love him from the Bald Move Network. It is none other than... Jim Jones. Jim Jones. I'm uh, so thank excited. You. Thank you. I podcasted with Aaron before one on one, but I've never podcasted with you one on one. Yeah, and I've done it with Jesse, so this right. is a good mix up, you know? Well, yeah, and I really feel like, you know, when you listen to a podcast, you uh, kind of correlate yourself to one of the podcasters. And, uh, like, I always correlate myself to Aaron, and Jesse correlates himself to you. Yeah, he told me that one time. Yeah. So and I was like, I don't know why that is, but it kind of <laughs> makes sense, you know? <laughs> I really just think it's because Aaron and I have low voices. Uh, okay, all right, and I've got a trebly voice. Is that the problem? Yeah, you've got a shrill, shrill voice. <laughs> <laughs> so well, strap in, uh, listeners, because you got another hour of it. I know, right? Uh, so <laughs> we'll we'll just turn down the treble a little bit. Uh, Jim, how was your week? Uh, my week has been good up until last night when I stayed up till two a.m. trying mm-hmm. to edit a stupid podcast. Yeah, I know you guys. So uh, you guys are coming and staying in my apartment. I'm going to see you tomorrow. You're flying into Seattle tomorrow. I'm literally going to leave after we do- after we're done with this podcast and drive to the airport and pick up Aaron. <laughs> so, uh, but you guys are coming out here, and so last night I was trying to call Aaron just to kind of set some stuff up. And you know, you guys are on East Coast time, so I try to call you early. Mm-hmm. He calls me back at like ten thirty at night Pacific time, which is like what one thirty. Yeah, it was late. It was, it was super late. So, uh, so good on you guys. I mean, I mean, Breaking Bad is as crazy this season, isn't it? Oh, it's insane! It's so good. I can't believe it. And uh, and then you guys are doing the instant podcast too. So you guys are just going all in on on Breaking Bad this season. Yeah, yeah, we're we're Gwen Stefaniing it. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I had a great week too. I'm getting so antsy for PAX. I feel like I'm just sweating all the time. Because, like, I'm anticipating <laughs> it so much. You got the pack sweats? I do. I, it's just so exciting. I mean, not only do we have media badges for the first time ever as a group, not only do are we doing the pub crawl on uh, on Saturday night, oh, which has grown yeah. to gargantuan proportions. Um, so I'm, <laughs> I've gotten at least four, uh, four ulcers from that. But, <laughs> uh, but also it's four days this time. So, it is. I've never been to a con this long. Yeah, it's. I think it might just be sensory overload on top of sensory overload. So, but we'll get to that a little bit later. Um, I, well, speaking of speaking of hanging out and being jovial, what are you drinking this week? Oh man, I'm drinking the the finest tap water money mm-hmm. can buy. Mm. It's it's really good. It's uh, hints of of water mm-hmm. and a little aftertaste of water. Actually, I just call that a virgin beer. Okay. That's basically right. what that is. You know, it's fine. Drinking water on this podcast is fine. You just can't drink wine on it. That's been established by Jesse. <laughs> no Bad wine. Wine is wine is the wine is fine for the because show, but there's okay. no wine on the personal arrogance podcast. See, you guys have the beer. Because no. show has the wine. And yep. I think Aaron and I have the whiskey. Yeah, exactly. You guys go for the hard stuff. And if that were the case <laughs> on this show, uh, I, I think we'd 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 find a new level of shit show. 
By, yeah, I've by, heard Jesse do it before, yeah, and yeah. it's it's crazy. There are a few podcasts where we are super toasty at the end. You know, my wife now is she works at a hospital, so she works till nine o'clock, and that's really toned down the amount of drinking I can do on the podcast <laughs> because I have to go pick her up from work. So uh, anyway, uh, it's kind of reined it in a little bit. That's um, probably good. Yeah, but I, I'm drinking the English-style pale. I've had it on here before. It's from the Full Sail Pub Series. Uh, you know, listeners know that we have been singing the praises of Full Sail all summer, and I'm just going to keep doing it. Um, I love this new English-style ale, and it's a limited edition, so uh, you can't go wrong with that. Um, and then dedicating this podcast, uh, Jim, i got to dedicate this podcast to you. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, because uh, because I'm just so excited. This weekend is blowing my mind. I can't – tomorrow's going to be the worst day ever. I guess it won't be that bad because Aaron will be here at least. So yeah, I, can, I, I have to travel for like 10 hours tomorrow. So yeah, that's a little rough. Yeah, it's, I, it's bad. I, I can cozy into the arms of, of, uh, of Aaron and, and <laughs> console myself <laughs> until the con begins. But, uh, but yeah, that's rough. The flying in is rough. Like the first PAX East that I went to, I took a, a red eye. Uh, oh man! From Seattle to Boston, and I was like, "Well, it'll be fine. I'll sleep on the plane." And I land in Boston. My plan was to land in Boston, catch the subway straight to the con, and just go straight to PAX because I was landing at like nine a.m. Mm-hmm. So I get on the flight, don't sleep a wink from Seattle to Minneapolis, <laughs> don't sleep don't sleep a wink from Minneapolis to Boston. Uh, get on the train for some some reason. I I rallied pretty well for like the first. I think I was just had the PAX aura for like the first six hours. And then we were playing Magic, and I just crashed for like 10 minutes. And then I was fine. So uh, anyway, I think you'll be okay. Yeah, I think so. All right. Well, we do have a, we have a little bit of listener feedback this week. Um, we've, uh, we've, we've been hearing from uh, our listeners for quite a while. And my favorite thing is when a, a listener who, who writes in and who comments on our Facebook page all the time, um, when they actually call in. Hey Jesse, hey Eric, this is Sam Gormahamedy from the United Kingdom and I thought it's about time I finally dropped you in my first voicemail. Um, as you know, recently I've been contributing a lot during Facebook and I've just had to give you a call. Yeah, I basically, since the beginning of the year, through recommendation from the uh, board move, I got hooked onto your podcast and I've now listened to the whole entire back catalog. Yeah, I just have to say, it's been some great times. It's really made going to work a lot of fun. Well, the commute anyway, where I get to listen to you guys. So, yeah, thanks. It's been, it's just been fantastic. I'm all caught up now. And, um, yeah, I just look forward to next one this week. And, uh, I'm not really sure what to say. Apart from that, just once again, thanks. And get off my back. See you. Get off my back, Sam. Sam Gulmahamadi. Um, he has done something that very few have done. Listen to the entire Personal Arrogance Back catalog, which means that he is now inducted into the Personal Arrogance Hall of Fame. So Excellent. I love uh, our British listeners, Ollie James, Sam Golmahamadi. I'm sure there are others, but th- those are the most vocal ones. And the European connection, it just, it just really classes up the joint. So, oh, I um, love it, man. The, my favorite thing is when uh, someone from the UK says brilliant. Uh-huh. That's, that's like the best. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Sam actually called in to uh, Breaking Good, and we didn't get a chance to play his message on the air. Mm-hmm. But he said brilliant during it, and I, I freaked out a little. The only thing better than brilliant is bloody brilliant. Oh, okay, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and then we just got this one. We just got this e- uh, voicemail, and I, I haven't even listened to it yet. But uh, 
this is this is kind of cast we do. So surprise. Hey, Eric and Jesse, or I guess I'm talking to Jim this week. Um, <laughs> I was just calling to say, oh, it's Roger, by the way. I have been wanting to call in forever, but ever since my son was born, what he's two months old now, I have just run flat out of ideas, and there you can hear him crying now. I don't have a whole lot of time to experience things, but <laughs> what could we else could we talk about here instead? And I think the important thing we need to address is the new Batman. Obviously, everyone's going to talk about it, but I want you to recast some potential villains if you guys can for me this week. I want to know who's your dream Joker, who's your dream Two Face, and who's your dream Lex Luthor, if you can. And if you have any other ones that you think would be really good casting, let me know. Hope everyone's doing well. And uh, stay arrogant, guys. I miss talking to you. It's been too long. Peace. <laughs> and off my back. <laughs> Get off my back. So that's Roger Dotsie. Oh, my God. We haven't, listened, we haven't heard from Roger in such a long time. I'm so happy to hear from him. And uh, we will get to Batman. I think that that's a promise we can make. So we'll just I put the so. we'll table that for a second. But Roger, we're so happy that you called in, and also congratulations on your baby. Also, Jim, this this is kind of uh, you know Roger didn't bring this up, but Roger recently moved to Indianapolis. Oh no! Yeah, which is your your old stomping grounds, correct? You don't live there anymore, right? Uh, yeah, I'm 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 still here. But oh, you are. I'm kind of moving around. I, I've been all over Indy, and I'm. Planning on moving again pretty soon. So, so what are some tips for Roger? What, what? How do you how do you live the indie lifestyle? Oh man, I think the the major hot spots you got to visit definitely downtown. That's I used to live down there and work mm-hmm, down there, and mm-hmm. it's it's awesome. Uh, lots of good bars, and restaurants, and stuff to check out. Uh, the other kind of unknown secret location in indie that you got to go to is Fountain Square. It's like this really cool, trendy art community. Uh, that's kind of just south of downtown. Uh, it, it's it's easily walkable from downtown to take you maybe fifteen minutes. Uh, fantastic place to go, and then everybody knows Broad Ripple who lives in Indy. So check those out. Excellent. How would you describe? Because like I don't know. I guess Seattle kind of has like this techie nerd thing. Portland has the hipster vibe. Uh, uh-huh. How would you describe the vibe of Indianapolis? Ah, uh, the. Is there really a vibe to Indianapolis? <laughs> Maybe that is the vibe. There is no vibe. Yeah, there is no vibe. I think that's what it is. <laughs> well, home to Peyton Manning for quite a while, so. That's true. There you go. Um, all right. Well, uh, well, that's that. Uh, I guess we do have one uh, quick email here, um, and this is uh, from Jay. Uh, Jay, who uh, just like – you got to love Jay because we totally ripped him apart for, for about the three hottest babes comment that he gave us. And then he just like <laughs> keeps coming with it and he, now he's like – now he's just Jay. So I'm going to call him Hot Babe Jay. That's his okay. new name. Um, so Hot Babe Jay says, Eric and Jesse, or now Jim, I hope all is well and I hope that Jesse has an awesome trip to Hawaii. You can't beat that. I didn't know that he had a degree in history that's very impressive. I know a little, little, I know a little World War II trivia and I have a trivia question for both of you. So do you know anything about World War II, Jim? Uh, I didn't until I took one of Jesse's recommendations, which I think I'm going to re-recommend mm. tonight. So I'll save that, okay. but a, right. a little bit. All right. So this is name the seven main aircraft carriers that took place in the Battle of Midway. Oh, boy. Three for the U.S., four for Japan. And he says, also, I'm adopting the Seahawks as my NFL team this year. Go Seahawks. Go Seahawks! Jim, I know you're a huge football fan. Massive. Massive, massive, massive football fan. 
Uh, and and then he says, "Have have fun with Jim and Aaron at PAX." Thanks to get off my back, Jay. Jay, hot babe, Jay. We love you so much. Uh, Jim, can you even begin to answer this question? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I okay. can. Uh, it's it's the USS Enterprise, of course. Uh, the USS Excelsior um, and the Defiant. Uh, it's pretty obvious. Okay, that, that's that's for the Japanese, <laughs> right? And then uh, the Kamigawa for uh, the US, right? Obviously, uh, the Kamikaze. Mm-hmm. I'm just going through my Japanese repertoire here. Stop right. me when you want to. The sushi. Yes, yes, yes. Actually, do, do you, you were? Do you realize that you actually got one of these right? The Enterprise. Yes. Yeah. No, I was pretty sure that was actually one. <laughs> the USS Enterprise, the USS Hornet, and the USS Yorktown. And okay. uh, saying Kamigawa, that was actually very close. There was the uh, Kaga, there was the Akagi, there was the Soryu, and the Hiryu. All so, right. I, there you go. I like that you're trying to give me credit for some of these. I appreciate that. Well, what can I say? I'm a nice guy. All right. But now I'm going to be ruthless because it's time for a little tiny Matt roll off. Oh, boy. Okay. okay. We're each going to roll 20 sided dice. So, you get to talk first. Do you have a die with you, Jim? Uh, not a physical one, but I have the. Okay. Awesome Wizards D and D dice roller. Excellent HTML circuit nineteen ninety seven. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. Uh, all right, so we're just gonna roll twenty sided dice. Who gets to talk first on the podcast this week? And here we go. I rolled a thirteen. Ah, I rolled a nine. Excellent. Okay, here we go. Uh, so my first topic this week is uh, it's gonna be a little movie that came out this weekend. Actually, this is how this is how Jim came to be on this podcast because he emailed me and said, hey, do you want a podcast about this? And I said, hey, Jesse's being lazy and getting drunk in Hawaii. Why don't we just do the whole show together? And that's because World's End came out. So uh, World's End came out this past week in the, in the United States. It's been out in Britain for like a month, which makes me even more jealous of Sam Gulma Hamadi. Uh, but loved it. Did you love it, Jim? Oh, I loved it. How could you not love it? Yeah. Uh, so uh, just to let you know, we're going to spoil the hell out of this thing. So if you don't, if you don't want to hear the spoilers, then come on. It's, it's an Edgar Wright movie. You can still enjoy it with spoilers. It's about the jokes guys. Um, so basically the premise of this film is there's this dude and he's kind of going through, I don't know, call it a midnight, a midlife crisis. It's, It's basically a midlife crisis. Um, yeah, kind of. There's a lot wrapped up in it. Though. Yeah, it's like an early midlife crisis. Basically, he's ne- he peaked at 17, and yep, uh, and never really left that world of being 17 years old. Meanwhile, all his friends have grown up, but he wants to recreate this pub crawl that they all did uh, when they were teenagers and, and end it. So that's what the World's End is about. It's about uh, this pub, which is called the World's End. It's at the end of 12 pubs. And you're supposed to drink a pint at each pub. It's the Golden Mile. And uh, and he wants to recreate this with his friends. So his friends are all grown up. One's a lawyer. One's a real estate agent. Uh, one's a, is, it, is he a contractor? I think he's a contractor. Yeah, um, yeah, the construction guy. Yeah. And uh, and then what's the other guy? Oh, he sells. He works at his dad's Audi dealership still, but he's an Audi mm-hmm. dealer. Um, so they're all grown up. They're all, they all have families and wives and kids. And they decided to tag along on this uh, kind of foolhardy journey back to town. But once they get to town, they realize that uh, the town has been taken over by mind-controlling uh, aliens who basically clone people's bodies and turn them into robots. But they're not robots? <laughs> no, they're not robots. Okay. <laughs> they make that very clear that they're not robots. Yeah. But basically, they could take your DNA and clone you into one of these 
robots, basically. <laughs> you know what I viewed them as? I kind of thought of them as action figures. Yeah, that makes sense because like their arms and their heads pop off and you can pop them back yeah. on. Yeah. They're full of goo for some reason. They're full of blue glue. <laughs> um, but, uh, but basically they realize that if they, they need to be as inconspicuous as possible. So they still have to finish the pub crawl while slowly getting more embroiled in this plot of this uh, alien race that has taken over their hometown. And then it basically comes to a head, and then the world ends. Literally. So, yes. uh, <laughs> what were your takeaways from this movie? So, I don't, I don't want to jump right to the end yet. Okay. Um, the, the thing that I always kind of like about uh, Edgar Wright and his, you know, his cronies, his mm-hmm. movies, uh, they somehow managed to nail this like generic, but somehow familiar nostalgia. Oh that, yeah. That like everybody feels it and understands it, but they, yeah. I couldn't tell you why. Yeah. That's totally uh, it, it. It's just, the, it's the characters. I think it's, it's the people that we kind of know from our own lives. Right. Absolutely. And, and the yeah. thing is about this too, is that, you know, this is basically a part of the, what's called, uh, there's a bunch of names for it. There's a the blood and ice cream trilogy. There's the Cornetto trilogy. I think they're basically going with the Cornetto trilogy uh, for, yeah. for the marketing purposes of this film. But, um, so it falls in line with, uh, the three movies are, are Shaun of the Dead, uh, hot fuzz, and now the world's end. I was looking back on these because actually I came home from watching the world's end on Saturday, and I watched a matinee, and then uh, came home immediately, watched Shaun of the Dead, <laughs> and then watched Hot Fuzz before I went to sleep. So I watched all three of them in the same day. That's a good idea. That's awesome. Yeah, and and the great thing that I noticed about this is in all three movies, you know, you got your main two guys, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, and they play completely different characters in all three movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Nick Frost's character in Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead are similar, but they're really not all that the same. Um, and uh, Simon Pegg is completely different in all three of them. Oh, yeah. Well, I feel like Nick Frost in Shaun of the Dead is lazy. And right. then in Hot Fuzz, he's just kind of dumb. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. And then in this one, he's like super smart. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's like a lawyer and he like carries a lot of guilt because he got uh, arrested for uh, DUI based on uh, – the doings of, of Simon Pegg's character. Yeah, um, and almost died, and, and yeah. Simon left him there. That's that's rough. Yeah, ripped his femoral artery open, and he was in surgery for a long time. So um, that was the other thing about this movie is that they – all of these characters, you know – I listened to the uh, podcast of Mark Marin and, and Simon Pegg, and they, they basically talked about how along the line you kind of realize that everybody gets disillusioned at some point. You know, like mm, – yeah. uh, you know, Nick Frost's character, like, wants to practice family law, but he's practicing corporate law. And <laughs> there's there's a lot of things where, you know, all of these guys um, – there was the character who's the contractor uh, who uh, he he really wished that he had gotten together with, uh, with Martin Freeman's sister, but yeah. never did. And uh, is kind of, like, searching for, like, the love of his life because his wife left him. And, like, all this stuff. Like, there's all these, like, little layers to all these characters – I think that's the one thing that, that you get in these movies is when you say the characters, all of the characters have like these really deep – they go deep. Like there's all these relationships and stuff that you realize that these are really complex people and they're not just the stereotypes that, that they may seem on the surface. No, absolutely. I mean if you look at the, char- the character of Gary actually, mm-hmm. he's really complex. I mean especially the relationships that he has with these guys because they're, they all kind of dislike him right? And, and you get that – very uh, 
very strong feeling at the beginning of the movie. But they're all kind of jealous of him, too. Yeah. You know, in some ways they envy him. In other ways, they, they're so glad they're not like him. Yeah, uh, absolutely. That's, that's a very deep uh, relationship, I think. Because when he was a kid, like, he was basically the leader of the gang. And uh-huh. it's really hard for the gang to not see him as their leader, even though he's completely just lost in terms of being a human being. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, he just does not know how to be an adult. But when they all get together, he's still leading them. Um, you exactly. know, in, in all of those scenes where they're walking around the town, he's always standing in front and they're always following him. So they're always kind of blindly following this leader that, that was established when they were all kids. Which is which is pretty interesting. So Gary is Simon Pegg's character, um, but yeah, and then and then of course there's just the alien plot wrapped up in this as well. Um, yeah, which I I love the ending of this movie. I don't know how you yeah. feel about it, but I thought it was great. So uh, before we get to the ending, I do want to talk about one thing. So the, the aliens basically they want to um, they want to peacefully take your soul away from you basically turn you uh, in the mulch and then use your dna to turn you into an action figure but yeah they basically just want to rip your soul from your body um and uh and then use your body to further their cause and if you go along peacefully with them they'll leave you alone but if you don't go along peacefully with them they will destroy you basically yeah uh which has all kinds of political connotations <laughs> attached oh, sure. to that um but uh, but one of the things that I thought was really interesting is uh, they they also had uh, Pierce Brosnan is in this movie. Yes, yes, he is, and he plays a very strange role. I mean, very minor role, really. He basically uh-huh. plays this guy. They they flash back to him as like the guidance counselor at the high school for all these guys, and then they flash forward and he's a robot, and he's trying to recruit them. But he's not a robot. He's not a robot. He's an action. <laughs> <laughs> The the thing that I thought was really interesting about this is that um, there are actually – it draws on greater themes across the three movies. Like yeah. the zombies are people who slowly bleed you to death and then eat you and take your soul basically with their mouths. <laughs> OK. And sure. then in, in Hot Fuzz, there was the group of you know the pleasant uh, townspeople, the, the, the town council who was basically – destroying anybody who gets out of their who who gets in their way of making their town a perfect place a perfect utopia and then of course in this one it's the aliens who are who are taking the souls of people so really a very common thread across all three not to mention in hot fuzz you have timothy dalton i really Uh wish that roger moore was in Shaun of the dead (laughs) because then you'd have three james bonds in all three of these movies that would be incredible what what did you think of Pierce Brosnan in this movie because I was actually a huge fan of Timothy mm-hmm. Dalton and Hot Fuzz. I think oh, yeah. he made that movie in a lot of ways. It's the other part about it is that in both movies they're very menacing, um, menacing people who who are trying to basically get you to join their cause. But I mean, they're basically the villains in both films as well, which yeah. I thought was interesting. Um, but yeah, Timothy Dalton obviously has a much larger role, I think, in Hot Fuzz. Definitely. Um, and definitely one of the most memorable scenes of Hot Fuzz when he falls on the steeple and it goes through his chin. Oh, which yeah. It just destroys me. Like, I can barely – that's a definitely a scene I have to watch through my fingers every single time. It's For sure. like, it, It's reminiscent of in Home Alone when the when the guy sta- steps on the, on the nail. 
in his bare feet. <laughs> like, to this day, I still can't watch that scene. Or, like, 90% of Home Alone. I mean, that's really all it is. Yeah, but there's just that, I don't know what it is. Like, I don't care about seeing uh, Joe Pesci's head get burned with a blowtorch. <laughs> but, like, the, okay. just the dude stepping on, <laughs> stepping on that wounds. nail. Yeah, it's the puncture wound that really gets you. And God, yeah, that's like ingrained in my memory is Timothy Dalton with the steeple through his chin. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, Pierce Brosnan is interesting because it really is a bit part. He must have been on set for like a day and a half. Yeah, but, it's not uh, much. Yeah, but, uh, but there were still levels of it. Like the, it works because he's in a flashback to 20 years ago and he looks exactly the same because when they replicate you, they can put you at whatever age they want, basically. That, that's good. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, so they, right. so they put him at the age where he would have been most influential to those five people because he's trying to get them to join the cause. Yep. Um, but I don't know. I, I, it, it, it's not like a huge villain role. Like I feel like Timothy Dalton was much more of a villain. In Hot Fuzz, but uh, I thought it yeah. was a great bit part, and people in the audience really enjoyed it. Like, there were visible, like, uh, you know, sounds that people were made. Visible sounds, yeah. <laughs> wow. There, yeah, it's really interesting. Uh, I, was, I was tripping <laughs> out a little bit. Uh, but there, there, were audible, uh, there were audible noises that people made when he got on screen. People were excited to see him. Yeah, I thought he was good, but I, Timothy Dalton was just so good mm-hmm. in Hot Fuzz mm-hmm. that I, it's hard for me not to compare their roles, and I know it's a smaller role, but it was, yeah. it was kind of a letdown for me, honestly. Yeah, I think it was a letdown for me. I thought when you saw him in the flashback scenes at the beginning of the movie, uh, I thought he would have a much bigger role. And it was yeah, really basically one scene um, where he sits down at a table with him and then gets his head blown off with a bar stool. Yeah, and uh, I don't think he was given the material that Timothy Dalton was. You know, no. I mean, Timothy Dalton with with his like sinister remarks yeah. throughout the entire movie is just hilarious. Yeah. And he, he just like choose the scenery and, yeah, and they also have all those great little like false suspenseful moments with Timothy Dalton where like, he'll just like <laughs> show up out of nowhere and like the music, like the violins will screech. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and I think that Timothy Dalton also has a little more freedom because I feel like Pierce Brosnan is so identified with James Bond, especially for people of our era. Whereas yeah. Timothy Dalton, you know, was in two James Bond films. Uh-huh. So uh, maybe he was in three. I think he was in two, though. Um, and those were all the 80s ones, which were, uh, which were not, as, not as well received as GoldenEye. Or <laughs> sure. Tomorrow Never Dies. Which is personally my favorite Pierce Brosnan. Uh, James oh, Bond. yeah. I'm a, I'm a GoldenEye fan myself. Yeah. Well, you know, to each his own. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> sure. You know what I really liked about them, them having these, like, action figure doll kind of characters mm-hmm. is that they could do some really crazy action stuff with them and like oh yeah the mutilation the dismemberment that could take place it they really couldn't do that hot fuzz right they did it in Shaun of the dead uh-huh. and that was a whole lot yeah. of fun as an action movie yep and then hot fuzz was a different kind of action movie it was more like michael bay right uh, yeah with a lot of guns and stuff but right. then you get right back to Shaun of the dead with these yeah. alien robots it's whatever. pretty great like ripping guys arms off and then and then ripping their heads off with their own arms <laughs> like it's just the other thing i love about it is that it's it's pretty outlandish and that all of these guys are pretty damn good fighters definitely yeah i can't believe how spry nick frost is yeah i know like, jumping over hedges and rolling <laughs> around the ground he should not be that spry he's a big man he is a big man and he also plays like a badass in this film he's he basically yeah. he's basically the hulk Oh man, maybe there's some like Avengers tie-ins to this. It's like Nick Frost is the Hulk. Uh, I don't know who's Simon. I guess Simon Pegg would be Iron Man because he's got the goatee and he's a little snarky. All right, okay. Um, 
I don't know who Martin Freeman would be. Maybe maybe Black Widow. This Hawkeye. is this is falling apart. So it, let's it, let's move on. Uh, so let's talk about the ending a little bit. So okay. basically, at the ending of this film, they make it to the world's end. Uh, Nick Frost is, or I'm sorry, Simon Pegg's characters, Gary is trying to get all of these all of these pints down. So the last three pubs that they go to, they're being chased by these uh, action figure guys. They're basically running for their lives while uh, Simon Pegg's characters try and get a pint at all three of these pubs, which hopefully is what our pub crawl on Saturday will turn into. I think so. I think it will. Uh, but at this last pub, he basically gets the glass and he goes up to the tap and he pulls it and then the floor gives way and it drops. And then you realize what these aliens ac- are actually trying to do. There's a there's a uh, a faceless voice that comes in, which is played by Bill Nye. I, I don't know how to say his last name. It's like I think Nye. It is Nye. Yeah. yeah, I think it's Bill Nye, but it's N-E-I-G-H, uh, who has who is also in this canon. He's in all three of the movies as well. Um, so this is his appearance, but basically, basically they, 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 they reveal this plot that they're, they're basically trying to whitewash the planet and make everybody go along with their philosophy because earth is <laughs> basically the black sheep of every planet that's inhabited <laughs> in the universe and, yeah. uh, and won't conform to, to this alien uh, race. I, what did you think of the aliens? Because they're so faceless in this movie. Like I've never really seen anything like it aside from like um, the day the Earth still. Remember a little bit of that, especially when they've got that statue walking through the town. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, but yeah, I kind of like. I thought it was an interesting take. Yeah, like there's no there's no real aliens. Like they don't pull the signs where you see the CGI aliens and you're like, oh, that's just dumb. It's basically just like an omnipresent voice, and then all of your friends have become automatons. But uh, but then you also realize at the end of the movie that Simon Pegg's character Gary has uh, tried to commit suicide. So uh, basically, he hit rock bottom. He he was at you. You start the you start the movie with him sitting in a some kind of group therapy session, and then at the end of the movie, you realize that his his wrists have been gauzed, and he's got a psychiatric. Uh, hospital bracelet on and that he basically tried to kill himself and uh and that's why he's he's trying to relive this pub which is basically hearkening back to the best time in his life at a time that he never really was able to escape yeah he said it it was never better you know yeah which it's it's great and there's callbacks all throughout the movie because he still drives the same car that he had in high school Uh-huh. In that car, this, this is one of my favorite scenes. Is when he's they're, they're driving in the car, and he's like, they're, they're singing. They're, he's like singing the song "I'm Free to Do What I Want" any old time. And he looks in the back to uh, one of his friends, and he's like, "Hey, I made you a tape with this song on it once." And he's like, "Yeah, this is the tape." <laughs> and he's like, and he's like, "Where did you find that?" Yeah, and he's like, "It was in the tape player." <laughs> so basically, he's just been stuck in this in this twenty year old world for for you know twenty years. Um, yeah, I feel like in some ways uh, the ending isn't happy. The ending is kind of sad, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Uh, it, it turns out to basically be a a sort of this is why we can't have nice things scenario. <laughs> yeah, because after this, they basically the aliens say after they go through this whole spiel, um, Simon Pegg gets in this like basically pissing contest with the alien, and the aliens like, well, screw it, then you guys <laughs> you guys are hopeless. Yeah. Then they uh, destroy all technology on the Earth, and then the Earth reverts back into uh, a post-apocalyptic wasteland, basically. Um, and uh, and then the last you know three four minutes of the movie is 
is kind of a, a little montage of how these guys are surviving in this apocalyptic land. Yeah, and it, and it shows that Gary hasn't really changed at all, right? Mm-mm. I mean, he's back. He's back with the automatons, right. who are his young friends, right. uh, his four friends when they were young, right. and he's now their leader once again. But he hasn't changed at all. Well, yeah, Gary's world has basically uh, the world has gotten back to Gary's level, and now he's just loving life. Yeah, um, which is <laughs> interesting. I mean, there's a lot of things that play into us. Obviously, anytime you see that somebody tried to commit suicide and now has and but was but was rescued. I mean, you see that at the end of the film. You could say that this whole thing is basically Gary going through his afterlife into his heaven. Because at the end of the movie, he's basically in his heaven. That's he's, true, yeah. He's leading this this group of, of, his, of automatons that represent his friends. And he's the king. He has a sword. And he's just adventuring through the land. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I love about this movie, and I just want to touch on this quickly, is that... Uh, Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg are not afraid to kill people throughout the movie. <laughs> this happens, uh, you know, it happens in uh, Shaun of the Dead. You know, Nick Frost dies in Shaun of the Dead. He dies at the end. But, he, you know, there's a scene where he has to kill his mother because she turns into a zombie. Bill Nye dies in there. Like, you, you lose the characters along the way. And uh, and in this movie, too, like, you're, they're not afraid to just wipe out characters without any... Like, without any explanation. And in this movie, they do it pretty slyly as well. Like, Martin Freeman's character uh, gets wiped off the map really, 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 really quickly. And it takes you a little while to realize that, oh, that's not him, actually. That's an automaton of him. Yeah, he got taken out in the bathroom, right? Yeah, he got taken out of the bathroom at the, it was like the, that's like right after they had their fight. Then they go to that next pub and he goes to the bathroom and that's when he gets taken out. Yeah, okay. When they're talking to those kind of secret agent type dudes. The, the pot dealer. It, it a great scene. I love how they slide up to the bar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really great. I mean, you got to love the aesthetic too. Like the way it's shot, the way it's uh, yeah. like everything is uh, is staged, um, all the blocking and the, the and all the they, scenes. Also the way they play with your expectations. Like there's the – there's a scene where uh, Andy is asking Gary about his mom's funeral and how it was and he's like, I got three words, really, really sad. Mm -hmm. And then he says, no, wait. That's two words. And you think he's going to be, like, dirty or funny or something, right. and he just changes it to really very sad. And they just <laughs> let it play for a second. Right. <laughs> and it's just hilarious. I love it, dude. I love these guys. And actually, I'm a little sad that they're that this trilogy is wrapped up. Yeah, um, yeah. But, you know, you got to love – you got to – everything Simon Pegg does I love. And, you know, I, I really liked um, – really liked Scott Pilgrim. I thought that was a great effort uh, on, on Edgar Wright's part. I wasn't a huge fan of Paul. Um Actually, I didn't dislike it. I just I didn't love it as much as the other, you know, Simon Pegg movies. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm same boat. But yeah, man, I think we've gabbed about this enough. We got some other topics to talk <laughs> about. But geez, I love this movie and I love this trilogy. And this is something that uh, I'm going to cherish for quite a while. I think. For so, sure, I can't uh, wait to watch I'll, it again. Yeah. All right, man. So, what's your first topic? Uh, well, we're going to go – was it Roger who suggested the Batman topic? Mm -hmm. All right, Roger. We're going to fulfill your dreams here yes. by talking about Ben Affleck as Batman. Exactly. So is the world over? I think that's what we need to first address. Well, because, not because of this, but yeah, in general. <laughs> See, that's what the <laughs> internet is telling me. Now, I don't know if I'm – I don't know if I'm looking through the world with rosy-eyed glasses here, but I don't think this is as terrible as everybody's making it out to be. 
Okay. Do All you? Right. What What do you think Ben Affleck brings to Batman that would be enjoyable in that role? What uh, What do I think two-time Academy Award winner Ben Affleck is going to bring to the role? <laughs> what did he win Academy Awards for? Argo and... Goodwill Hunting, writing. Oh, okay. He won one for producing and one for writing. <laughs> so, uh, so there's that. Um, I, I don't hate it. I mean, we went through this actually uh, a couple of weeks ago. And I'm going to play a clip from, uh, from a recent episode. This is episode 155. So this is five weeks ago when they were talking about – when they just announced it at Comic-Con um, that, uh, that they were going to do Batman versus Superman. So this is what Jesse and I had to say about it at that time. But yeah, like Daniel Craig I think would actually be a really cool choice. What about somebody... Matt Damon? No. <laughs> yeah. What about Ben Affleck? I feel like those are like the pretty boys that would be in the 90s Batman movies. <laughs> you need you know? to go as uh, Ben Affleck as Batman to 90s night. You're doing an alternate <laughs> ni- universe 90s Batman. Batman with a goatee. <laughs> oh, gross. Yeah. That's a bat look. That is a bat. That's a bat look. That's a bat look. That is a bat look. So that's that's what Jesse and I had to say about it. So obviously I wasn't as excited about it then. But I don't hate it. I feel like yeah. that could have been a lot worse. It could have been a lot worse. It could have been. They could have cast like Adrian Brody or something. Right. Exactly. Uh, I, I think – so he's got experience with Daredevil, right? Mm-hmm, he's been a mm-hmm. superhero before. Also played Superman in in Hollywoodland. He played and the actor what? who played – So there's a, it was an independent movie called Hollywoodland about the first actor who played Superman on film. Um, and he played that actor in that movie. So he technically played Superman in that movie as well. Okay. That actually sounds really interesting okay. for some reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think Scarlett Johansson's in that movie too. Oh, I'm sold. Okay. Done. Uh, so yeah, he's got he's got some uh, some cred in the superhero world, you know. Uh, well, I, I don't know that he has cred because that was pretty bad. It was a pretty bad. But movie. I, I feel like he's got his his one out of the way, like his yeah. warm up. He got his Fantastic Four out of the way, and now he's ready to uh, Chris Evans this thing up. <laughs> Absolutely, you yeah. know. Um, <laughs> I, I I don't hate it. I you know this is a guy who obviously knows story. I don't think he's a terrible actor. I don't know what this like. He's an awful actor, and he's going to have a Boston accent thing is. Because, (laughs) honestly, Argo was, like, one of my favorite movies of last year. Argo was incredibly suspenseful, and he carried that movie as the lead actor in it. So I don't know how you could say he's, like, a terrible actor. He's going to ruin the whole thing. I don't know. I don't know. See, I'm kind of with with you that he's the 90s Batman. He could be. Yeah. He could be George Clooney. He's basically George Clooney now. I mean. Sure. Yeah. He's turned himself into George Clooney when George Clooney played Batman. Yeah, but that's that's not a plus for him, right? That well, scares me. I don't think George Clooney was the reason why Batman and Robin was a terrible movie. <laughs> <Good point. laughs> that thing was a shit show from the beginning. <laughs> so uh, I, I I don't know. I, he's got a strong jaw. I also like that he's an older dude. <laughs> strong jaw is key for for a Batman guy. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Yeah. It is. Uh, I don't think that he. You know, I, I I like that he's an older person. He's you know in his forties now, I suppose. Um, which is what I like. I like, I like the idea of older superheroes. Um, but some people were saying John Hamm, and I was like, "Dude, John Hamm is Bruce Wayne. I don't, I don't buy that." And you I'm don't not. Buy that? I'm not saying. I'm not saying John Hamm's a terrible actor by of any course. means. I'm just saying I don't buy John Hamm as super as Batman. Hmm. Okay. 
I don't know. We'll we'll get to John Ham. We'll get to John Ham. Um, All right. Here's what some of our listeners had to say. Uh, Damien Griffin. Jesus, this is brutal. Uh, <laughs> Andy Burks. Oh God, no. Kevin Freeman. I think he could play the Dark Knight and the Billionaire. Not my first choice, but I'm optimistic. Kevin Freeman. I'm right on board with you. Not my first choice, but I'm optimistic. I don't hate it. I feel like they could have really screwed this up a lot more. And I and I was I was advocating for Gerard Butler in that podcast. So. I don't, I don't know. know. See, I like my Batman to be a little leaner than Gerard Butler. I feel like he's uh-huh. too big of a guy. See, I like I like the Frank Miller Dark Knight Returns Batman, and that guy is like burly. He's okay. a burly, right. burly dude. But so he brought up a good point, actually. The the billionaire. Uh, yeah. I think Ben Affleck is used to having a lot of money. Right. So he, he he's natural, right? right? He doesn't even have to act. Well, I think he's also a charming guy on screen. Like he can he play is. the charming Bruce Wayne. Um, and he's also different than Christian Bale, which I like. I think he differentiates himself from Christian Bale a bit. Sure. Because um, I feel like Ben Affleck is more slick, where Christian Bale plays Bruce Wayne more douchey. <laughs> more of just a douche. Um, Mitch I wonder Net- what his Batman voice is going to be like. That's what I'm really oh, curious I kind of hope that they don't do the Batman voice. I was, we'll see. I was thinking back to like when I watched Batman Begins, and I really loved that movie. But I remember walking out of that, and I like wasn't sure if people were going to be like, "Oh, that Batman voice is the stupidest thing ever." Uh-huh. Uh huh. And it, that wasn't the case. But really, it kind of pulls you out of it, especially the first time you see it. Uh, Mitch Nets are terrible, just just terrible. He won't make a good old grizzled Batman. Debatable. Angel Martinez, kidding me? Casey is the better Affleck. Ben should stay behind the camera. Jacob Jones Martinez, if it's millions of voices suddenly cry, it's as if millions of voices suddenly oh, cried out in terror and were suddenly silenced. So there's like this appending apocalypse uh, coming from this, this announcement. Uh, I don't think it's that bad. Uh, I'm with you. I don't think it's that bad. It could be a lot worse. And you never know. I mean, come on. First time you heard Heath Ledger was playing the, do- the Joker... What did you think? Uh, the only thing I had seen Heath Ledger in at that time was A Knight's Tale. So I, <laughs> I thought it was ridiculous. You weren't, yeah, you weren't a big fan of, uh, of 10 Things I Hate About You? I had never seen that. No. Filmed right here in Seattle, Washington, in Tacoma. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. Claim the fame. J- Joseph, Gev- Joseph Gordon-Levitt also in that movie. Uh, anyway, I don't think it's the end of the world. Uh, but, uh, but Roger did charge us with some more things. So he wants our ideal Joker. He wants our ideal Two-Face, and he wants our ideal Lex Luthor. Now, there have been rumors. These haven't been confirmed, but they were published by uh, by Rolling Stone that Brian Cranston has been signed to play Lex Luthor. What do you think about that, Mr. Breaking Bad? Oh, I love it. I love it. You love it? Maybe he can bring some complexity to a character that has traditionally been very shallow. Yeah, I like it, too. I like – well, I mean, Kevin Spacey was the last guy to play Lex Luthor on screen. Uh-huh. And uh, great actor, Kevin Spacey. But uh, – Brian Cranston just brings kind of that quiet, menacing aspect to it, whereas Kevin Spacey is more outward. Unless uh, he comes at it from the angle of right. Hal. Right. That could be uh, it. Yeah. Malcolm <laughs> in the Middle, Lex Luthor, mashup. The goofy Lex. <laughs> I like it. What about Joker? Do you think? Can you think of anybody who would be good Joker? I want to say I'd like to see a Leonardo DiCaprio's Joker. Oh, shit. Right? You're, you're bringing it tonight, dude. Leo DiCap would be a good Joker. I think he could pull it off. I think he could pull off just about any role. The thing about Leonardo DiCaprio is that he is Leonardo DiCaprio in every movie, and yet completely convincing. Yeah. Like, I don't know how he does it, really. 
Um, that's that's I I really like that. He was he would also be a compelling two face. I think Harvey Dent. Uh, but uh, what about Aaron Paul? Maybe like a younger Joker. If you're going with the Breaking Bad bent. Oh, interesting. Like a little slimier, little like I don't know, a little more wiry. Wiry yeah, Joker. and then you get Skyler in there for a, a female Two Face. There you go. Or yeah, should be Harley Quinn. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Harley yeah, Quinn. I keep calling her Skyler. <laughs> yeah, and what about oh, what about Mister Harvey Dent? What about Two Face? This is uh, this one's a little tougher, I think. Yeah, I think so. See, I'm jaded. I'm uh-huh. jaded by Tommy Lee Jones Two Face. Really? That's all I can see. Well, what I about? I mean, you also had uh, the dude who played him in the, uh, the Dark Knight. I can't remember his name. Uh, Aaron, Aaron something. Yeah, Aaron. I'll find it. Eckhart. Aaron Eckhart. Eckhart. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> you win this week. <laughs> Great. But yeah, I mean, and his Two Face was. I don't know. I could have lived or I could have gone with or without Two Face in that movie. Honestly. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. It was- it, it was it was in, it was instrumental to the ending of the film, but he makes such a s- strong right turn in that movie. Like he basically goes from uh, pretending he's Batman to uh, killing everybody who's associated with Rachel's death <laughs> immediately after being burned. So yeah. I, I don't I don't know about that. Yeah, I mean I think Leo DiCap would be a good uh, good Two Face. I think he could play it. Um, All right, he could play it, and then you could replace him mm-hmm. as the Joker and have Jack Black. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and now we're done. Let's put a fork in. Actually, this is what I like is if you have <laughs> – let's have Jack Black and Kyle both be Two-Face. <laughs> and we'll just green screen them together. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. All right. Well, uh, yeah, I guess it's not the end of the world, but uh, but we'll see. 2015 is going to be a big year. You got Batman versus Superman. You got the uh, Avengers 2. You got Star Wars Episode 7 all coming out in the same year. Uh, it's going to be a little bit of sensory overload, I think. But uh, but we'll see. 2015, we'll see what happens. All right, let's do some trivia. What do you say? Let's do it. Okay, we're going to do Genus 1 Trivia Pursuit. I'm going to roll a six-sided die. We got a six. So I know this is your wheelhouse, Jim. Sports, Sports. and leisure. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Love it. I love, I love the 1981 edition of uh, Trivial Pursuit because Sports and Leisure is basically sports and then liquor. <laughs> it's like, how do you make a Tom Collins? All right. So, Jim, this one's for you. What sport features jammers breaking out of the pack? Oh, man. I feel like I should know this. Uh, I, I'm going to go with rugby. I don't know. I think I know this one. And don't don't judge me for knowing it. But I think it's roller derby. Oh, I think you're right. Yeah. It is Roller Derby. Nice. Rat City Roller Girls. If you're here in Seattle, check out the Rat City Roller Girls Roller Derby. It's a fun time. All right. This one's for me. What losing team did Richard Nixon support in, 19, in the 1973 Super Bowl? Uh, I'll go with the Washington Redskins. Oh, man. Losing team. That I think that's a key word here. I'm going to go with the Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> <laughs> like we would make it to the Super Bowl. Were you uh, around in 71? No, that's uh, 73. We were in uh, Seahawks inaugural season 1977. Okay, there we go. There you go. Uh, it was the Washington Redskins. Eric, two for two. Wow. All right, here we go. Jim, this one's for you. What country did roulette originate in? Uh, France. I'm going to go with Monaco. 
France, you got it. Oh, jeez. Okay. Jimmy, you need to steal the tie. Here we go. What card is removed from the deck in Old Maid? I'm going to go with the Ace of Spades. Uh, wow. Let's go with the Queen of Spades. All right. Here we go. Answer is any queen. Oh, does that count? I don't know. I guess it would. Yeah. It would. Yeah, the Queen tie. of Spades is any queen. Jesus Christ. You know what that means? It's a geography tiebreaker. We haven't had one of these in a while. All right. All right. Geography tiebreaker. Here we go. Whoever geographically closest to the answer wins. The question is, Jim, you answer first. What city does Prestwick Airport serve? I'm going to say Leeds. I'm just going with London. Here we go. Glasgow, Scotland. Glasgow, Scotland. Let's go uh, to the is map. Is this a Google Maps situation? This is, this, this is really – this is intense, guys. I don't think we've had anything quite this intense in quite a while. Okay, we're going to get directions here. Uh, Leeds to Glasgow, Scotland. Okay, so Are we going by bus or bike? Um, oh, this is for essential sales leads. <laughs> <laughs> essential sales leads, 29 Roseville Street, Glasgow. Uh, Leeds, UK. Here we go. Leeds, UK to Glasgow, Scotland. Uh, you're looking at a trip of three hours and 36 minutes. I think you got it, buddy. Because London's all the way south. Uh, London to – yeah, you got it. You got it, Leeds. Oh, yeah. You win. You destroyed it. How did it. I pull that out? I don't know. That's what she said. And uh, But you didn't win everything this week, so I get the second topic. And, uh, Jim, since I have you here, we have to talk about Mad Men. Okay. Okay. Right. Because I uh, – Got pulled into Mad Men. My wife loves the show. And then this year, we decided to watch season six because we don't have cable, but you can actually buy each episode on Amazon Prime for a buck ninety nine. So I was like, well, if we spend 20 bucks on Mad Men this year, that's still a lot cheaper than <laughs> cable. Uh, right. So anyway, we watched season six. And, uh, and then I went back and uh, you know I listened to the last episode of the Mad Men Happy Hour this year where you guys ranked the seasons. Mm-hmm. And you guys said season three was really good. So I decided to start on season three and then watch through season five. <laughs> what? Yeah. So I started season six and I went from season three to season five. Now I'm I'm back to season one. So I'm going to watch season one through season two. That is the most bizarre way I can think <laughs> of to watch that show. It is incredibly depressing. It is so <laughs> depressing to watch the show this way. Because you're just like, oh, yeah, that guy is going to commit suicide. <laughs> oh yeah, she's gonna become a heroin addict. <laughs> like, oh no, I didn't yeah. even think about that. It is. It's just so depressing. Like you see these people's futures, and then they're just really, really sad. And then there, there's also the opposite, which is you get to see these people's past, and they're kind of. There's one character oh, yeah. in particular who's kind of turned a corner a little bit, and is nicer in season six. And then you go back to season one, and she's terrible. <laughs> Who are you talking about? Betty, obviously. Okay, Betty. Yeah, I mean, well, well, whatever. I think Betty and Don are better apart. But the other thing about it is, like, Megan, dude. So Megan is Don's uh, third wife, Uh um, if you you count Anna. And Megan, like, in season six, I feel like she gets downplayed so much. I thought she was like a bimbo. But then when I went through season five, she's actually really smart and cool. (laughs) Yeah, she is. Yeah, she's super cool. 
So I, you know, um, uh, it's it's kind of weird. It changes your whole perspective on the thing. Yeah, um, I would not recommend watching them that way. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> I just wanted to be up so I could listen to the podcast and listen to you guys talk about it. Uh, but, fair enough. So where does where does Mad Men rank for you? Because I know you're a big Breaking Bad guy, which I don't I don't watch Breaking Bad, admittedly, um, but I do watch oh. Mad Men, and in a in a very strange, convoluted way, uh, but. What, what what do you think is better television? And I know it's like apples and oranges here. You're trying to rank your children, but which one do you which one do you love more? Yeah, they're, they're very different shows for sure. Uh, for for entertainment value, and actually, Breaking Bad has just been on a roll this last season. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe it's a little bit of a case of recency. But I'm gonna put Breaking Bad right at the top, my number one show. Okay, Pro, definitely of all time, actually. Uh, wow, my favorite thing I've ever seen. Wow, and did uh, you watch The Wire? Because I know Aaron's a Wire guy. I did. I didn't get into it as much as he did, um, and then that's just show that kind of falls apart in the last season. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So if you ignore the last season, that's a phenomenal show as well. Huh. But I, I would rank The Wire and Mad Men pretty similarly, like right after Breaking Bad. Okay. Okay. So the, they're they're an even tie there. The the thing that I think is so in like intriguing about Mad Men. And I went back and watched the first episode last night, so I'm watching for, through the first season. First episode is really weird to watch after all this time. First of all, everybody <laughs> looks really young. Second of all, my wife hates Pete Campbell so much. Oh, yeah. And I feel like season six, he started to get a little bit of redemptive quality to him. Or at least he's, he seems a bit harm, more harmless than he has in season seasons past. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, she just hates him because of season one and season two. So, yeah, if you watch the beginning of the show, it's hard not to hate Pete. Yeah. And uh, he's a pretty despicable character, I would say, all the way through season five. Uh-huh. Uh, and <laughs> and season six, he's I don't know that he's that much better. He's uh-huh. maybe a little more sympathetic because of the situation he's in, but yeah. overall, he's still a pretty rotten human being. Well, yeah, I mean, the way that he gets basically kicked out of his house because he has sex with the neighbor. like Not even that, but he's manipulating his mother the way he is. Oh, but his mother's like a crazy racist old bat. That's what I mean. He's taking advantage <laughs> of this poor old woman who doesn't know what's oh, going God. on. Oh, God. Yeah, I didn't. I totally forgot about this. She died because she got thrown over the, the side of a cruise ship. I completely oh, forgot about horrible. all that. Oh, God. And you know what I'm excited about is fucking more Bob Benson. That's oh, what I can't, I can't wait. wait to see more Bob. This is what I'm – so I've been talking about a Justice League movie. I've been thinking about a Justice League movie for quite a while. I think that Bob Benson should play The Flash. I think he'd be perfect for The Flash. That's good. I like that a lot, yeah. Yeah, another strong jaw, just saying. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, Bob Benson is an incredibly compelling character. So mm. I'm excited to see more Bob. The, the other thing about it is like season five I feel like is really like Roger Sterling's season. And yeah, yeah. That was the season where I started getting more sympathy for Pete because Pete is really trying to get Roger's job. Uh, Mm -hmm. And Roger doesn't have to do anything. (laughs) He literally just sits back and prints money. Whereas Pete is like really trying to work to get uh, Roger's job and then Roger's trying to undermine him at every turn. Um, Yeah, absolutely. And and I'm with you there. I think that's the part of Pete that is sympathetic where he's really working his butt off uh, and not, not... He's he's making progress, but he's not making as much progress as you think he probably should, thanks to Roger. Well, yeah, and you think he can move to a different agency and make more. I mean, he's obviously good at his job. 
Like Definitely. you haven't really seen him fail horribly. Mm-hmm. Um, where you have seen Roger fail. I mean, the whole lucky strike thing basically was Roger failing. Um, yeah. So anyway, we're getting really deep into this. So if you want more of this talk, you can listen to G- Jim and Aaron talk about it on the Mad Men Happy Hour. But uh, I really wanted to talk to you about this because I love Mad Men so much. I'm sure we'll talk a lot about it this weekend too. Oh <laughs> so. God, I love it. I love Bob Benson. Bob Benson's yeah. the shit. He's great. The the talk. I, going through season six, like in real time, mm-hmm. was crazy with Bob Benson because he yeah. can't like back to back all these episodes. Right. So it's like, who is this character, <laughs> Bob Benson, and what is he? What's his game? Yeah, I know. Well, He's just an enigma for like six episodes. Yeah, and like I even initially really liked him because he's like some dude in accounts who's like trying to you know work his way up. He's a spry uh-huh. young lad, and then all of you, all of a sudden, you realize he's got like a ton of irons in the fire, and yeah. you have no idea what angle he's trying to take. <laughs> like I don't know if he's trying to undermine undermine Roger. I don't know what he's trying to do with uh, Pete with like mm-hmm. the gay stuff. I don't know what he's trying to do. So you and you think you think that uh, Bob Benson is gay? I do. I do. Yeah. You don't just think he's a con man. Uh, I think he's that as well. <laughs> okay. Okay, there you go. Anyway, Mad Men talk. I guess I guess we got something to chat about this weekend, dude. Yeah, definitely. Oh, man. Uh, love it so much. Oh, another thing is I really like Kenny throughout the seasons. Like, re-watching the back seasons, Kenny's, like, way way more appealing to me. Oh, talk about a sympathetic character. Yeah, Kenny's, wow. like, the everyman. He's the guy who actually you like. You know, yes. he's a sci-fi writer. He... Has a family that he's actually um, <laughs> faithful to, unlike anyone else on the show. That's the thing. In yeah. this world of horrible, horrible people, he's like this one shining light. Yeah. And that he's is actually a nice guy. And he's better at his job than Pete was. But he got he's, the short end of the stick because he didn't get in on the ground floor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just a lot of great stuff. Damn it, Mad Men. I will chat about you forever. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, so let's move on to the fourth topic. Jim, what's your fourth topic this week? Uh, well, as your listeners probably know by now, mm-hmm. this is PAX Weekend. Oh, my Lord. Up. Oh, my Lord. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, you've got the pub crawl going on, which you have uh, gone to Herculean efforts to organize. Jesus uh, Christ, dude. This has been my life. I've got like a full <laughs> Chester drawer full of sh- full of Cthulhu themed shit. I've got folders full of <laughs> trivia. I've got character. I've got 50 unique character sheets. How so is this that, any different from any other day of your life, though? <laughs> <laughs> well, you got me there. <laughs> right. Anyway, so PAX is coming up. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about what we're both looking forward to. Absolutely, yeah. Because I know you have a ton of experience with PAX. Well, this will, this will be my ninth. Uh, this will be Jesse's 13th PAX. Oh, my Lord. Uh it's crazy. No, I think this is his 12th. I think it's actually his 12th because he went – I went to the first PAX East, but he went to three PAX East. Plus, he went to one more PAX than I did. So, okay. so yeah, this would be nine plus three is 12. So, this is his 12th and this is my ninth. So, we're, we're PAX vets at this point. But you've been to a sizable amount of PAXs as well. Yeah, I've been to four or five. Yeah. Um, you've been both to- PAX East and PAX Prime. Yeah, and you're more of a PAX East guy than I am because I went to the inaugural one, but I haven't been back since. I am, and I don't know why, because I hate Boston in the winter. It's too cold. <laughs> it is balls cold there. Well, I don't understand. Why don't they switch those? Is it just, is it just momentum oh, now? Oh, dude, if you uh, – I mean, there, cold is one thing, uh-huh. but literally being in like a – being in a humid, cold washing machine, that's what March <laughs> in Seattle is. 
Okay, it sounds so horrible. Cold and dry is one thing, but cold and wet and humid at the same time is another. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> All right. So aside from uh, not having to worry about that, right. what are you looking forward to at PAX? Uh, the main thing is Oculus Rift. I've talked about it before, but this is like the one thing I want to get my hands on. I want to get into Oculus Rift. I want to have the Uncanny Valley experience. I want to reevaluate my life because I'm freaked out from a psychological perspective. And uh, well, you don't need the Oculus Rift for that. There's plenty of other substances that'll do that, but <laughs> uh, no, really, the Oculus Rift is something that I'm that I'm really really excited about. Um, there's a couple other things. I kind of want to get my hands on Wii U just because I've never played it before, and uh, Nintendo's coming out with a bunch of original titles that would be interesting to get my hands on. Um, talked about it last week, Plants vs Zombies Garden Warfare. I really hope they have a have something there um they just showed uh there's some bootleg footage of a demo of uh south park the stick of truth that got leaked from gamescom and that game actually looks pretty pretty damn cool so hopefully some exposure on that as well but from a year it's pretty soft game year um you know uh grand theft auto 5 might be a fun thing uh, if that's playable there um and rockstar usually has a pretty good presence at pax um but, well, I'm really wondering about like the new consoles. Are yeah, going to show there. I mean, that's the main thing, and there, there's going to be quite a bit of of games playable on Xbox One and PS4 at PAX. So, yeah. it, in terms of this uh, Xbox versus P- PlayStation, uh, this whole thing that is that is unraveled over the summer, where do you come out on top? Because you're a PlayStation guy to begin with, right? Uh, not not really. Uh, you're the more reason PC I have a PlayStation is because Aaron has a PlayStation. Okay, and, and you oh. know that's pretty much why we're Xbox guys because you know the J conspiracy we all have Xboxes. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of my main thing going into this generation. Like, what are my friends going to get? You mm-hmm. know, and uh, I, I think that PlayStation PS4 has a definitely uh, uh, out of the gate advantage being a hundred dollars cheaper. It like, does. I don't yeah. see what the difference is other than a camera that can potentially watch me at any moment that'll be in my living room. Uh, <laughs> you know, between... I, I don't understand why people don't have a problem with webcams. On their laptops, but they have a problem with the connect. Those same people will look at a webcam all day long and not think about it. Well, that's true. (laughs) Creepy webcam people. I don't don't know. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, it'll be interesting to get my hands on both because I have been an Xbox guy for the last decade, but Xbox Uh lost me um, with with this new Xbox One. And if I'm going to drop the money on a new console, it's going to be a PS4 at this point. Even with all of the backpedaling that Xbox One has done, I'm still going to stick with the PlayStation and, and get the what I see as the gaming console. I, I look at the Xbox One as a home entertainment console, uh-huh. um, but I have a Roku box that I watch Netflix through and, and my Amazon movies through, so uh, I don't know. Eh. No, that's a good point. I mean, they're trying to, I think, appeal to different audiences. The Xbox yeah. is going more for the general you know, media machine, right? Uh, whereas... I mean, PlayStation has a killer lineup of indie games coming. Yeah, killer which... lineup. Of, and not to mention, I've never gotten into, I've never been able to get into Uncharted. I've never been able uh-huh. to get into, there's a, there's, there's a few uh, PlayStation titles that I would love to give a try. Yeah. Uh, so get into that world as well. But really, it's getting your hands on it. And the main thing is that I don't like the PlayStation controller. I hate it. I do too. Yeah. I think it's awful. Like The thumbsticks are like so... It's like driving a car with crazy, uh, uh, crazy auto steering, you know, or power yeah. steering. You know, it's like there's just no give 
uh-huh. and they're in the wrong place. That left thumbstick doesn't belong right down on the there. bottom. And then I the buttons on the top, the triggers also throw me for a loop. So we'll see yeah. what they do. I would love to just have my Xbox controller on a PS4. That would be my ideal world. But who knows? Maybe I'll just get an Oculus Rift and say screw it all. <laughs> there you go. Plug it into a PC and and do it that way. Because you yeah. all, you also do PC stuff, right? I do, yeah. I buy a lot of games on Steam. Mm-hmm. Is uh, it? And I, yeah. And uh, I don't know. It, like, what is the appeal? Because the thing, the barrier for me to PC gaming is that uh, I don't want to have to upgrade my hardware every three months in order to play the games that I want. Sure. I totally got you there. Um, the, the thing I like about it, though, is that I can upgrade my hardware and still play the games that I want. You know, like, uh-huh. if I upgrade from a PS3 to a PS4, I'm not going to be able to play my old PS3 games on it. That is a good point. But with Steam, I just upgrade my hardware and I'm playing the same games for the rest of my life, you know? That is a good point. Have you ever run into that barrier, though, where you're like, oh, I really want this game, but I have to like upgrade my graphics card before I do that? Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a problem. <laughs> I'm not saying there are no problems in this scenario. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. It, so what are you looking forward to at PAX? Uh, so I've traditionally been a concert guy. I really uh-huh. like the concerts, and they've totally remixed them. Okay. This time. Okay. Like they got rid of Paul and Storm, which I thought, okay, I saw them the first time, and I thought they were kind of funny. The second time they were played out. The third time, no, thank you. Okay. <laughs> uh, and and then they've like they got rid of Automatagucci, which I'm kind of disappointed in. Uh, yeah, that was actually they, the one band that I would have gone to see. But Automatagucci kind of blew up this year because they did their Kickstarter, and now they're kind of more mainstream. Yeah, but, and they uh, did Scott Pilgrim. I mean, yeah, yeah, they've gone real mainstream. They do the theme song for the Nerdist. So, <laughs> yep. pretty much the big bucks right there. Uh, but they brought in a couple of people I like, which Mega Ran is one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Adam Warrock, who uh, is just phenomenal. I, I love his stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm really excited about those concerts. I'm also, I don't do a lot of panels and stuff at uh-huh. PAX. Yeah. I don't know about you guys. I think yeah. you're kind of the same, right? Yeah. I mean, usually I think we average maybe two to three panels per pack yeah, it's, it's like for every panel you go to you play like three board games yeah absolutely i mean this board gaming is is kind of our centerpiece for packs yeah, for sure and me yeah. too and yeah. that's I, I love getting together with a group of my friends and just playing board games and throwing down a magic and stuff so yeah that's probably the biggest thing i'm looking forward to is just like you know crack a, a pint of jim beam at the end of the <laughs> night yeah 2am and roll some Battlestar galactica Dude, and Jess, we got some new games. Jesse's got Game of Thrones, the board game, which is super sweet. We kind of play tested that at the camping trip a couple weeks ago. Uh, I have some new games. I got Space Cadets. I've got Seasons. I've got Spartacus. I've got Flashpoint Fire Rescue, which I don't think you've played yet. Uh, nope. So we're ready to roll out some board games. Roll up our sleeves and roll out some board games. Yeah, um, I'm super pumped. I can't wait. By the way, Jim, this is the first uh, packs that we have both been to at together. You know you're right about that. Yeah. That's crazy. It is super weird. Like I had not met I didn't meet you in person until February of this year. True. Which blows true. my mind. So yeah, you know that, that's actually not true though. The the first PAX we went to together uh-huh. was the first PAX East. Right. We didn't know each other then. That's true. So we were technically in the same space. We were, yeah. But I was probably afraid of Aaron and his giant beard. <laughs> so I, I avoided you. Okay. But right. it's okay because in a mere hours, I will be in his beard sleeping. 
Um, anyway, yeah, dude, PAX is going to be sweet. I think PAX is going to be huge this year. Uh, you know, like I said, is this your first PAX with media badges? Yes, it is. I'm yeah. excited. And it's my first PAX with media badges as well. Uh, Jesse and Levi got media badges a few years ago, uh, thanks to me. <laughs> to PAX East, but yeah, um, I, I gotta I gotta give a big thank you to you because you organized all of that, and uh, I'm going to be taking much advantage of it. Excellent, and I freaking love 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 organizing shit, and I don't know why, but it's just one of the things I love, and that's why I have a, a Chester drawer full of uh, fucking Cthulhu shit, uh-huh. <laughs> and nigh 200 people showing up for this fucking pub crawl. It's wow, gonna be nuts. No, was that big? 195 accepts. Oh. Yeah, and I capped attendance, and people are still somehow weaseling their way in. I don't even know how it's happening, but yeah, I capped attendance yesterday. It's 175, and I just checked it's it's at 195. That's so crazy. I think making it more exclusive actually made it more appealing. Anyway, uh, so it's gonna be a big deal. It's gonna be really fun. Uh, it's gonna be minorly stressful, but really, if you, uh, my whole thing is if I get stressed, I'm just going to have another drink. <laughs> Good call. That's the plan. And dude, PAX is going to be sweet. I'm very excited to see you tomorrow. Uh, you, Levi, Jesse, Aaron, me, all in one space uh, once again. And uh, it's yeah, going to be rock. Don't forget Jordy. Is Jordy going? Jordy's not going, dude. Oh, man. Jordy bailed. Guess where Jordy's going? Boulder, Colorado. What? Yeah. So Levi's coming from Boulder and Jordy's going to Boulder. That makes no sense. I don't understand it, man. But uh, this is my first PAX without Jordy, so I'm going to cry a tear for him, and I'm going to pour one out for my homie. Okay. Um, so I think that's it, man. I, uh, God, I'm just – I've got PAX – I've got the PAX jitters. I feel like I just drank six Red Bulls. And Did you? I'm just waiting. No, I had two beers. I, I should be oh, on okay. a downer, but I'm on an upper. Uh, that's uh, what PAX does. Well, you talk about Mad Men, and then you talk about PAX. There's little you can do to sleep after that. True. All right. Well, uh, we're going to get to our Facebook roundup, but before we do, uh, let's talk about the Ball Move Network a little bit. Uh, of course, we're on the Ball Move Network, but Jim, why should I even be doing this? I mean, this is your network, so why don't you talk about it? It is my network. No, yeah. it's not my network. I, I like to think of us all as a group. Okay. I, I don't like to say it's mine or A-Rons <laughs> or anything like that. So, okay. Uh, yeah, so we do a lot of other podcasts as well as uh, we got we got the personal arrogance. I'm going to mention you guys up front. Mm-hmm. You probably know about them considering you're listening to this. Hopefully. <laughs> uh, we also have the Because Show, who does something similar to what you guys do in the mm-hmm. general entertainment aspect, but they, they have a different take on it. They do. Uh, they're three, three women from Los Angeles, and they talk about uh, books and sex and pop culture and just all the stuff that you want to hear about in your life, basically. Yeah. And uh, really big reco for their most recent episode. It's Amy and Susan uh, with Aaron talking about Orange is the New Black yes, on it Netflix. Is. Uh, there was one thing. So I, I was just, I was talking to the talking to my earbuds as I was listening to that episode because I actually spent some time in a minimum security women's prison. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. When I was uh, fresh out of uh, college, I was a production assistant for a PBS station and. We did a documentary on a women's prison. So I spent about six months in a minimum security women's prison. <laughs> so I would I, there were there were some questions as to the authenticity of the environment, and I would say they really nailed it. Nice. All right. They did a good well, job. We have a first-hand account here. The one thing that they can't nail is the smell. 
a minimum security women's prison, they literally clean it all the time because women, the women in the prison have to have jobs. Like you have to have a job okay. in order to be in there. So they literally clean it 24-7 and it still smells like shit. It smells awful. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Uh, It's despair is what it is. Yeah, that's mostly it. The other (laughs) thing about it, did you watch Orange is the New Black? No, I haven't seen it, so I couldn't listen to their podcast. Right, because it's spoiler filled. But the other thing about it is they talk about the teeth, and that's the other part about it, is that dental hygiene in prison is at an all-time low. (laughs) All-time low. Anyway. Uh, so listen to that episode, or just the new black. It's it's the most recent episode of uh, of uh, the Picasso Show. Plus, they also have uh, an interview with a porn star live from Vegas. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, guys, they're bringing the thunder. Listen to the Picasso Show. And then For what sure. else and we they, got? Yeah, we got uh, Upyards Downstairs, which covers all things Edwardian. They're doing mm-hmm. right now their uh, Titanic series. Excellent. So, so they're at episode seven of that. So check that out. And right. then we've got a whole bunch of TV podcasts: mm-hmm. uh, Breaking Bad, Mad Men. Uh, Game of Thrones, Justified, all sorts of stuff. And don't forget The Walking Dead. Oh, the Walking Dead, yes. Right. So, yeah, check out Balnoob, balnoob.com. Uh, let's move on to uh, Facebook Roundout. Each week we post a thread on Facebook, and you guys respond. Uh, this week uh, we got one from uh, Sean Criswell. He says, I love Jim and Aaron. That's how I found about. Uh, that's how I found out about the arrogance. But anything except for how to win a pissing contest will be fine. <laughs> we got so much response for the pissing contest. Yeah, man, I'm I'm in the same boat that uh, <laughs> Hot Babe Jay is because yep. you guys ripped me a new one for that. <laughs> but I totally deserved it. Totally. <laughs> oh, Hot Babe Jay. Uh, Derek <laughs> Remain says I would like you to tell Jim that they are wrong about Heisenberg hat. So apparently you're wrong about this, Jim. Okay. Uh, he, I'm assuming he's talking about the last time we saw Eisenberg's hat. He says that he wore record. it again when he and Flynn bought the new cars. Okay. Yeah, he did. And then he also wants to know what movies we're waiting for next. World's End was really the last movie of the summer that I was excited about. Yeah, me too. So welcome to Oscar. Actually, the next movie that I really want to see is Thor The Dark World, which comes out in November. Because I'm a big Thor fan. Get off my back. And then uh, finally, Kevin Salcedo says, I was going to call in. Well, why didn't you, Kevin? Uh, but I'll just post here. Come on, Kevin, call us. 360-362-0024. Option three, as long as the wife is okay with it, Montana. Oh, this is, this is referring to Jesse's, uh, Jesse's options last week. He says to go to Montana just because you can make hard liquor in Paul's bow. Doesn't mean you can distribute it or sell it easily. Letting the guy in Montana... Worry about that will make it more art and less labor. So we talked last week about Jesse's options, moving to Bend, staying in Port Townsend, or moving to Montana. Overwhelming responses tell Jesse to move to Montana. Yeah, no, that's – I, I think that's the right decision, man. Yeah. <laughs> I really do. I think he's going to get a ton of great experience doing mm-hmm. that without, like you said, the risk of trying to do his own thing You know, yeah, right off the bat. Exactly. And the other part about this is uh, I, I think can't be overlooked is that a few podcasts ago – uh, we got a question from our fans uh, asking if we had to live anywhere else in the United States, if we could not live in Western Washington, we, if we had to live somewhere else in the United States, where would we live? And Jesse said Montana. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. So uh, so I think Montana is a consensus there. Uh, listener, don't forget to get in touch with us, guys. Uh, you can leave us a voicemail at 360-362-0024. You can uh, send us an email, personalarrogance at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook. We're on the uh, Personal Arrogance Facebook page. We're also on the Bald Move Facebook page. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Personal Podcast. You can rate and review us on iTunes. 
you can tell friends. You can uh, dash your dancer, prancer, and vixen us online. I don't know. You can get in touch with us. Just talk to us, people. We're lonely. Please. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> Jim, what are your recommendations this week? What's your first reco? Uh, my first reco is start a podcast. Everybody should start a podcast. Everybody's got like a skill or a hobby or something Mm -hmm. that they're pretty good at or interested in at least. Right. And I feel like you could just get on and talk about it. It's like the easiest thing to do. Well, that's the thing. Like people already do this. Like I talked about – I could talk about sports forever. So I was like, oh, I should just have a sports podcast. So now you got to get off my running back coming this fall. Or <laughs> Jesse the name and I, of it? That's amazing. Yeah, get on my running. That's actually the name <laughs> of one of the fantasy teams on, in, in the Arrogant Move League. Uh, oh, that's fantastic! Yeah, get off my running back. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's also like Jesse and I would just get together and have like these long conversations every time we got together. It's like, why don't we just record this shit? Yeah. Arrogant? Maybe that's why it's called personal arrogance. Also <laughs> named after beer. Exactly. So, that's the same way that Aaron and I got started. So yeah, if we're just, gonna chat- just do it, and actually. I'll, I'll throw an offer out there. If somebody wants to start a podcast, just email me, and I will help you get it all set up. There you go. Um, and uh, so, yeah, start a podcast. Do it. Uh, my first recommendation this week is going to be – I can't think of anything else. PAX. It's literally engulfed my brain. Penny Arcade Expo, people. Seriously, if you live anywhere else in the country, Aaron and Jim – have flown to every PAX because they live in the middle of the country. Every yeah. PAX that they've been to, they've had to travel uh, at least a thousand miles to get to. Okay, and they do it because it's awesome. So next year, uh, you know, there's PAX East, there's PAX Prime in Seattle. Uh, please go to PAX, people. If you get the chance, you, you will not regret it. It is an amazing experience. I know you have some Australian listeners. I don't know if they're going right. to do it again, but they have a PAX Australia now. PAX Oz, baby. And, uh, you know, there's been mutterings of PAX UK. There's been mutterings of PAX Japan. So it's it's getting global, people. Uh, my my dream is that eventually there will be a PAX every month, and then you can just travel and make it your Grateful Dead. <laughs> oh, what's your recommendation? Uh, recommendation, I'm going to re-recommend a podcast that Jesse recommended a few weeks ago. And that is Dan Carlin's Hardcore History Podcast. All right. Uh, this podcast is so good. And I, I feel like human history is just like a super important thing to understand in general. Mm-hmm. And I am like woefully ignorant of basically all of it. <laughs> so listening to this podcast, I've gotten a massive education in history. And excellent. I, I feel like it's required for every human. All right. And then uh, my recommendation is going to be uh, the day that this podcast is released, Thursday, um, there will be a fantasy football draft at 6.15 Pacific time. Accompanying that fantasy football draft, there will be a live stream featuring me, Eric, and everyone's favorite bearded man, Aaron. And we will both be live streaming the uh, fantasy football draft tomorrow from my apartment. So uh, check the Facebook page, uh, 6.15 Pacific time. And uh, and get and watch us draft, and and we'll hopefully riff and be a little funny. If not, uh, you can at least see our ugly mugs and laugh at them. So uh, yeah, it's coming up tonight. So uh, be a part of it, and then yeah, and then the and then the floodgates will open, and you and Levi and Jesse will in, infiltrate the apartment, and then who knows what will happen next? Yeah, no more sports. That's for sure. Time for a wild. <laughs> yeah, I know. Time for a wild weekend, uh, Jim. I'm so excited to see you tomorrow. Uh, yeah, you too, man. I'm going to go uh, hang out with Aaron, and uh, and uh, you have a safe night and we'll uh, and a safe flight 
and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Will do. Thanks for having me on. All right. Until next time, guys, wherever you go. And whatever you do. There you go. Please stay Stay arrogant. arrogant.